0: Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. On today's show, you'll hear from Jackie Shriver. She's the head of studio for Side LA, which is a place that deals in all things voiceover, commonly called VO, for games. She's coming up in just a moment. First, we want to thank those who participated in our Discord chats earlier this week. We are fully armed now with suggestions for guests and artists and topics. And we talked a lot about stepping up our online presence. So, as always, it's fun to talk with everyone, and we'll be doing it again soon. All right, so Jackie Shriver specializes in voiceover production and hiring and finding actors to work in games. She worked for Sony PlayStation for more than a decade and now is head of studio at the new LA location for Side since they're headquartered in the UK. Side does casting and recording, they do localization, which we'll talk about, they do directing, performance capture, all of that VO kind of stuff. And Jackie and I talked about how and when this process works during the development of a game, how she got into this work, some of her favorite projects, and uh, pretty much what it's like to start a company from scratch.
1: My current position is that of head of studio at Side LA, which is a brand new voiceover production facility that's an extension of an existing company out of London. My past and background, though, uh, has been dedicated to voiceover in games, but a series of different positions. Uh, Most recently, before working with Side, I was at Sony PlayStation for 10 years, and for... The last three of those years, I was talent and casting manager, so I was basically dealing with acquiring actors to do work on games, all kinds of different stuff for that. Not just for performance capture, for example, it was head scan models and motion capture, performance capture, voiceover, and all that. And uh, before that, I was a dialogue coordinator, which is the position within the sort of game dev side where the person is responsible for the dialogue, making it into the game and then making it out of the game and through your speakers. So (laughs) a lot of asset management, like taking individual audio files, keeping track of them, keeping track of them for localization, implementing them, testing
0: that whole deal. I just wanted to just find out right off the bat how all of that started for you.
1: So my path was, uh, so I went to school for electronic media is the name of the the my bachelor of fine arts that I received from University of Cincinnati, and that degree had us dipping our toes in a in a a whole different. I'm um, mixing my metaphors real bad right now. It had us doing uh, a learning a lot of different things, but only learning a little bit. So kind of jack of all trades. I went to that program specifically because I wanted to record bands. I thought I wanted to be a recording engineer for the music industry. Very quickly. Realized that that probably wasn't going to be my path, but but that I did love audio and I loved sound and, and everything that kind of went along with it. So I continued to get my degree with that in mind, sound in general, as opposed to specific to music. Landed an internship at Sound Deluxe Design Music Group through my school. So where they sent me to Los Angeles for a month and a half. And uh, I interned at Sound Deluxe. And I split my time, Soundelux and Tadeo, and Tadeo does sound for TV and film, a lot okay. of and mixing, sound you I mean, sound design mixing, that kind of stuff. And over the course of those six weeks, I worked on a number of video game projects at Sound Deluxe, and I didn't even know that you could have a job making video games. Like that didn't <sighs> it hadn't reached my brain yet. I knew, you know, I mm-hmm. knew sound sound design, I knew sound for picture. I knew all of these things, but I'd been thrust right into a bunch of voiceover sessions for video game projects was like, I, I instantly fell in love. <laughs> we very, very quickly went, this is awesome. It's the best side of acting, the best side of, you know, recording it's creative. It's a fun environment. There are people collaborating on making something from absolutely nothing. And uh, after the internship ended, I went back to school and finished my degree. And and before I was even done, I got a phone call and said, if you can make it out here by January 1st, we have a job for you. And I said, "Okay." And that was it.
0: So talk to me about some of the projects you've worked on then.
1: The first big project that I worked on at Soundalux, so this was 14 years ago, was Resident Evil, the one where the president's daughter is kidnapped. But that was those were the first voiceover sessions that I was in as an intern. Uh, once I got hired on, the first big project I worked on was God of War, and the first one. Yep, <laughs> 2005. Nice. Yep. Uh, well, it came out in 2005, so that was I was working on it in 2004. Yeah. And uh, I will say the hallmark of my career is that to date I have worked on every single God of War game. Huh. Nice. Uh, from various positions. My first first one at Soundalux. The second one I was working for Sony at that point. And then uh, when I left Sony to work for Side, we had already cast several of the the main characters for the upcoming God of War title that is that is still not released. So, yeah, that's my favorite franchise by far. Really? Mm hmm. Do you play? My fiance plays. Okay. I have played. Mm-hmm. I essentially provide, <laughs> purchase, and provide important games. To my fiancé, who <laughs> dutifully plays them, uh, while I offer input and suggestions on how to nice. accomplish different things, and but still manage to not have both of us sort of with controllers in hand. But
0: tell me a little bit more about uh, what it's like to just choose who's going to be a, a character in a game. Like, what's the process like, and how often are you specifically calling? for specific people compared to, you know, an agency or or something along those lines?
1: The process is different for every game because every game developer has a different level of comfort with the process or a different level of knowing exactly what it is that they want to do. Sure. If we're casting for voiceover only. So no performance capture, no facial capture, no likeness included. It's just the voice. Mm-hmm. The process is fairly straightforward where we get a casting brief from the developer or we help them determine what's important to put on a casting brief. And it has things like gender, vocal quality, age, accent, you know, the base, the parameters, the basic parameters. Okay. And then we continue to refine that with uh, personality traits or more vocal traits Uh, in terms of if it's important exactly how the voice sounds, then we'll dig deep in that. If it's more important for the performance to shine through, but, and, you know, for story reasons, we need to avoid this type of accent. We'll refine in that way. Once everybody has a nice, comfortable agreement of what it is that we're looking for, then, then myself and, and my staff will occasionally for, for a situation, it, it also depends on the budget, right? So, we're confined by the amount of, of money we have to get the game done. So we'll take a look at that and figure out how much we can afford per basically per line. I mean, we don't really think about it in those terms, but you have to get down to, to that. How much will this cost to record? And we'll figure out what we, can, what we can offer by an hourly rate or by a session fee. And we will approach agencies who represent people appropriate for that project. And there are, in Los Angeles, there are dozens of talent agencies in, of all different shapes and sizes. And a lot of the voice actors that you hear in, in major big budget video games, like you know, The Last of Us or Call of Duty, those are actors who are represented by major talent in Los Angeles. So, And they're all a series of, um, of acronyms, SBB, CESD, Uh, ATA, ABO, those are acronyms for people's names. It's like law firms. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And uh, so we'll contact the the agencies that have the kind of people that we're looking for and we will provide them with the brief and we'll say, can you let us know who's interested in this job? And that will provide us with a huge list. We'll, We'll get a list of actors or we'll get a bunch of demo reels that we'll listen to and see how to match things up. If we have a little bit more money to spend, we will probably be able to reach out to some very specific people whose work we know. Mm-hmm, and that would be, mm-hmm. you know, names that you might know, like Troy Baker or yeah. Nolan North or Laura Bailey or Sissy Jones or any yeah. of those people who have, you know, a resume that is that stands for itself in the industry. Then with a little bit more money, we can go directly to them and say, would they be interested in this job? We know that they would be great for it. We don't get to do that quite as often as we'd like. A lot of times it's a lot easier for a game developer to hear their material and actually have an audition by a number of people to figure out, you know, to be able to to make that selection. Uh, and that's usually how it goes, is that somewhere in between, hey, who's interested and I want you, we will find a place of... Can you have these specific people provide us with an audition or come in to our studio to audition for this role with a sample script?
0: At what point does this happen in the process? And I would imagine that 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 also you might say that each project is different. But at what point are you coming in and doing your work in Mm -hmm. the development of the game?
1: So it does vary but there are definitely some some benchmarks some like signposts along the way of of when you're ready and when it's too late because there's just there's a sweet spot for this stuff. Okay. So in the grand timeline of game development, voiceover needs to fit very specifically into these things where your script needs to be final enough that you're not going to have to re-record everything if you start recording right now and you need enough time once you're done recording VO to localize
0: everything. So on a timeline, go ahead. Well, just for those who don't know what localization is, will you explain what that means?
1: Localization is the process of turning a product that is domestic to somewhere, let's say the United States, into a product that can be consumed by a customer in another territory or country. So Sometimes it's completely full localization, meaning all of the text, all of the signs on the buildings, all of the voiceover is all translated and re-recorded.
0: Multiple times, right? Like for multiple languages and territories, right? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And it depends on the territory. So you may have one game, let's call it, you know, video game one may be localized fully for... French, German, Italian, and Japanese, but will be localized text only for Chinese, Korean, and Polish. Okay. there's It'll be split out, and that, that entirely depends on, on projected sales and all kinds of other business crap. Sure. But the, the, the process, as you say, that, that process is potentially happening in, in 20 different places at once. And if you change one line, that then means you have to change it in all of the languages you have to change all the subtitles you have to go through all the testing again of that level and all that good stuff so so there's there's a, a hard and fast end point now it's never as hard and fast again as we'd like it to be localization would be a lot easier if you were finished with the game and then you localized it but <laughs> worldwide releases are a thing and we've been doing it for a decade now so it is what it is like you you have to be able to output a product basically worldwide on the same day that has been localized, which means you do need to, at some point, stop recording voiceover. Right. But again, for budgetary reasons, you don't want to start so early that you'll end up recording twice as much material because the level wasn't done, the character had to be cut, and we have to then rewrite the script around that no longer being there and all that good stuff. Sure. Voiceover can come through as part of a day one patch. We want to put out products that are completed but like everything you know if it's a game that's coming out that can be updated in essentially in real time or very quickly then we can make those changes you know once upon a time when we first when when i was first with playstation you were worried about getting all you know french italian spanish and and german onto a disc (laughs) our deadline was a lot firmer whereas God of War Ascension, for example, I think we did have some dialogue fixes and some look fixes on our day one patch when that came out.
0: What so, did you love so much about working on that series? You had mentioned earlier that it was your favorite.
1: <laughs> My attraction to the God of War franchise was the Greek mythology angle, which I know you know a lot of teenagers get really into <laughs> mythology as they're going through and, and studying them in high school and things like that. But I loved the mythology. I loved the sort of over the top nature of the product, uh, and I loved the way the characters were written. The writer Marianne Crotchick is just an outstanding person who always came up with these really quirky, amazing characters. Like the way we played uh, Hera in God of War Three as the sort of like bitter drunken stepmother, you know. Just but but really, the, the writing was always made what would otherwise be an over the top, ridiculous, laughable joke turned into a really fun satire or just a really fun reimagining of some of the stories you already know.
0: Sure, sure. So talk to me also then about Side and what exactly you'll you do for that company and and uh, what the com- how the company fits into the, the industry.
1: Sure. Side is a company that was started in the UK in central London in uh, the late 90s. Started out as a audio post-production facility that was a little bit more broad. And uh, over the years, based on the clientele that were coming to them and, you know, a keen eye to the future, they refined their business offerings and their services to basically specific to, you know, award-winning character performances for video games. We are a dialogue specialist and specialist for video games. And uh, over the, you know, the last 15, 17 years, a lot of companies who were coming to London obviously needed the ability to have access to Los Angeles, and New York based talent for mm-hmm. those products. So uh, side was acquired by a company called pull to win, who does localization and QA testing worldwide for tons of big players in the video game world. And that allowed us to expand into the Los Angeles market. So essentially right now we're in the final stages of putting together our Brand new studio uh, on the west side of Los Angeles, where we'll be able to basically provide the same service that you know a lot of big companies have been enjoying out of the London office, right down the street from a lot of the big performance capture spaces that are here in LA and just down the street from the airport. So, we're essentially expanding what is it a successful voiceover boutique studio for games into Los Angeles, and uh, I'm leading the charge for our staff. And we're going to get started on on some projects in just a few weeks here.
0: What made you want to make a switch from what you were doing at Sony?
1: I was with Sony PlayStation for just slightly over 10 years, and it was an incredible place to work. I made countless amazing you know, colleagues along the way, dozens of video game titles that I got to work on experiences that, you know, you just can't find anywhere else than working for one of the big players. But the truth is I worked with Side as a client when I was at PlayStation and I found what they were doing to be basically the best parts of the jobs that I had at, at PlayStation. So being at the studio, being part of the studio process instead of just being behind a desk and also being able to work on on even more products that span a greater cross-section of video games. So instead of only working on PlayStation products at this opportunity, I can work with everybody. I'm honestly excited about the ability to provide high quality voiceover to a complete run of the available ways that you can make video games. It's a very long-winded way of saying, I'm really excited to work with really small developers to get really high quality affordable but we're going to we're going to find you some great people all the way up through you know the the massive games that have the big budgets. So it was it was a mixture of I need to spread my wings a little bit mixed with I absolutely love everything that side was doing already and they told me they wanted to be in the market and I was like, well I I think I want to be part of what you're putting together here cuz it's it's going to be great. It's going to be cool. I want to be I want to be over there.
0: Nice. One of the things that kind of struck me and and I'd like to just you know hear you talk more about is exposing, you know, or or just helping the smaller budget games, the indie games, to to have really good quality VO. And uh, so tell me a little bit about about that.
1: Absolutely. So for the most part, I think there, there's a barrier of entry a lot of times with smaller game companies who want VO because VO costs money. It costs a decent amount of money based on the amount of money they're spending on their product. And the amount of money that a lot of voice actors who work a lot in Los Angeles make is out of their reach, especially if they're not in the LA market and they don't understand why things cost the way they do in LA because it's very expensive here. So when you've got a smaller game company, I think I'm assuming it would be fairly intimidating to even reach out to a voice production facility because you're already sort of, you know, it's going to cost too much. You know what I mean? So yeah. I really like the idea of being able to say, look, just come talk to us and we'll figure out what we can provide you with. Or maybe we can help you figure out how to reconfigure what your expectations are so that we can find something to fit with what you're doing. Because I don't want as a business person who deals in actors, <laughs> I wonder how people would react to me saying that, but You know, my job is to hook actors up with with projects and you don't want to sort of insult the actors who have paid their dues and have made it to the point where they're commanding a a certain salary. You you know, you don't want to go knocking on their door every day and saying, will you please do this little indie thing for next to nothing? But there are opportunities and ways for us to find actors who would like the opportunity to put that kind of thing on their resume. I really like the idea of saying, come talk to us. Tell us what your budget is or what you think your budget could be. And let's all figure out a way for you to get some really high quality work. Now, if that means you have fewer actors so that you can afford to pay a couple of actors, you know, a a decent wage, that's great. Let's see if we can figure out a way to do that. And if you simply don't have any money, we also have access to all of the great acting schools, facilities in this town. And we can help people. We can basically help pair people up.
0: Do give me a sense of of how that payment works. Is it per line, per minute recorded audio? What is what is that like? So,
1: for video games, there's two major strata, and that is whether or not the project is a union project. Union being SAG-AFTRA. At present, uh, you may be aware that SAG-AFTRA has gone on strike against a number of video game companies, which means that union work is not happening on the on projects for those folks. Mm-hmm. As you can imagine, there is a great deal of conversation on both sides of that issue. And a, most of the people that I work with fall on either one side or the other of that issue, which is my very fancy way of saying, like, I don't want to get in too deep about a lot of stuff relating to what's going on. Um, there are a lot of people having a lot of really intelligent conversations about that already, and, and those are available. But to actually answer your question, for union work, an actor is paid on a session basis. A session can last anywhere from one minute to four hours under the now expired interactive media agreement. So you can come in, you can work for an hour, you can work for up to four hours and you pay the same fee for non-union work. It is typically by the hour. So you come in, if you get booked for one hour, you get booked for two or three or what have you, or if you go over booked for an hour, but you end up doing 90 minutes worth of work, you'll get paid for two hours. Uh, that's generally speaking how things work. There are exceptions uh, and nuance to, you know, the interactive media agreement, and for anything non-union, because obviously there's no agreement, it becomes between you and the provider.
0: You know, I know you've gotten the chance to work on such big, amazing projects, and there have to be some sessions that stand out in your head.
1: Some of the most fun sessions. So, sessions for me can be anything from one actor in a VO booth doing one side of a conversation, all the way to you know, six or seven actors on the performance capture stage all working together. But I think some of the most fun I've had were some of the early voiceover sessions just in the booth where, you know, you've got you and a director who is very well versed in what we're getting what we're trying to do. You've got a writer or a game director whose vision we're all in service to. And then you've got an actor who lives in their own imagination as it's like by definition for a living. And when you get everyone together and things are firing on the same cylinder and you have someone perform even just, you know, a one sided conversation, you know, I'm thinking back to some of the God of War two and God of War three voiceover sessions, where we were, we weren't doing a lot of performance capture or mocap then. Sure. And just having TC Carson in, in the booth being Kratos, or we had Adrian Barbeau was Hera in God of War Three, acting completely drunk <laughs> and belligerent, and then finding out, you know, she told us later, you know, I've I've never actually been drunk, and we were like, Are you? You're amazing. You're not. A, she's the most graceful, classy human being on the planet. And she's, you know, obviously in addition to being a phenomenal actress and that just seeing her have this moment that you can't see until you do see it in the game. And you're like, wow, she could see that before I could. Wow. Those are really my favorite. There are, there are times on the mocap stage. That's, that's really fun too. When you have a bunch of actors who have finally gotten over the fact that they're wearing leotards with (laughs) shiny dots all over them with a camera dangling with a bright light right in front of their face. And and once everybody has moved past the fact of all of that bizarro technology and you have a really touching human moment between two actors that might as well be on a darkened stage in front of a theater, Mm -hmm. those are, it sends chills down your spine to be able to see how insanely talented these people are that they can see past the bright lights and the ridiculous outfits and be completely invested in that, And again, seeing it before we can see it. But then when you do see it, when you watch The Last of Us, and you see Troy and Ashley on stage and some of the behind the scenes stuff, you can see it happen when they're they're no
0: longer on the mocap stage. They are in the moment. Well, Jackie, thank you. It's been so great to speak with you and get to know you a little better and just kind of understand a little more about how all of this works in games. And uh, it's just been an absolute pleasure.
1: Pleasure's been mine. Thanks for thanks for chatting with me and uh, and putting up with all of the background noise. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. It was fine.
0: Thanks for listening to episode fifty-eight of Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about Jackie at Patreon.com/Level and learn how to support us there as well. Thanks again to our Discord chatters earlier this week. We're going to get a lot of great material out of your suggestions, and we're super excited about that. You all rule. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media. You can learn more at june-media.com, and June is J-O-O-N.